Year after year, global tourism numbers confirm that the most popular country in the entire world to visit is France. Today on Travel with Rick Steves, we'll take a look at a few of the reasons why. We'll share tips for impressive day trips you can take from Paris. And author Graham Robb shares what he discovered about the multifaceted culture of France after riding the French back roads by bike for four years. Second to Paris, the abundance of sunshine on the Mediterranean coast of southeast France makes it among the most popular regions to visit. For an overview of the attractions you'll find along the Côte d'Azur, we're joined now by French tour guides Virginie Moret and Patrick Vidal. Virginie and Patrick, welcome. Bonjour. Bonjour. So when we think about the Côte d'Azur and the French Riviera, uh, first of all, are those terms interchangeable, the French Riviera and Côte d'Azur? Well, we call it la Côte d'Azur, and in English, you call it the French Riviera. The French Riviera, the name comes from the extension from the Italian Riviera. And the British and the Russian came in the late uh, mid-19th uh, century, late 19th century. We call it la Côte d'Azur, the coast of the Azur, which is the color, because the, the sea is a very different color over there. So I, I guess that makes sense. you got the Italian Riviera, and then just over the border it continues, but it's the French Riviera. Now, you mentioned the British and the Russians were sort of instrumental in kicking off this whole idea of a playground on the Mediterranean. Why would that be? Well, never been to Russia. I've been to England. Winters are pretty miserable. So if, you, I mean, if you're sick, you're going to go there. If you have money, you're going to go there because the weather is amazing. I mean, even people from northern France, that's where they go during the, the winter time. So the elites of the Romanov dynasty exactly. and the big shots in England, they would go for some sunshine, and just like we got snowbirds in the United States, they got some snowbirds in Russia and England, and they would go to perhaps arguably the most civilized and elegant stretch of the Riviera back then, or the Mediterranean back then, the French coast, the French Riviera. Patrick, the French people are sort of leaders in vacations. You guys invented the whole Club Med idea, and you I think the word vacation is a French word. After the revolution with that heritage, you're very careful that workers have a good break. What is it about vacation in the French culture? Well, it's a big part of civilization overall. I mean, you know... You, but you but we work much longer than you do. Don't you aspire to work until you get to an early grave? That's, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly how we see it. You live to work, you don't work to live. Uh, and for us, it's a very, very important part of our life. I mean, you start a new job somewhere and you straight away in, in your first year, you're going to be able to take five years off. Five, five years, sorry. Five weeks off. That's your five dream, five, five years. Yeah, five years off. Five years that's, off. That's, that's me. <laughs> that's, that's only me. So, but five weeks is the standard vacation. It's the standard vacation. To start yeah. with almost. To start yeah. with. Now, the French Riviera is easy access from Paris now, three or four hours by the TGV, the, the bullet train and cheap flights going down also. If you were hard-working Parisian and you're going to take a vacation in the French Riviera, what's the classic French approach to a vacation on the Riviera, Virginie? If you stay on the French Riviera, it means you like crowds, probably. Mm -hmm. Especially if you're going there during the French holidays, which are usually July and August. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's late nights with the local jet set. Uh, going to the Pebble Beach... Mm -hmm. If you're staying in Nice, not on the sand, but it's massaging you at the same time, so why not? Pebble Beach is okay. And maybe a bit of showing off when you go to the nice restaurant and you have your seafood, your wine, and you can uh, watch people a different way from uh, 
the Parisian Café. So it is not getting away from it all. It's kind of culture on show. You're going down there, you know it's going to be crowded because it's vacation time, and you put up with that, and you kind of like to make the scene and be seen. Yeah, you bring your best bikini or monokini or just, you know. Patrick, what's your take on a Parisian's dream vacation? Well, what we very often forget is that uh, originally when we were starting holidays, and that's how the Brit and the Russian came down, they came in winter not in summer. Oh, yeah, that's right. The first houses built on the Côte d'Azur were not built along, along the sea. They were built up the hill because the air was drier and the winter was nicer up there. And it's only in the 19, uh, 1930s, Scott Fitzgerald, uh, Coco Chanel, and a crowd of people like that started to come down to, to do summer holidays. The story says that uh, officially one hotel owner in jean Lepin had a bad winter, bad winter, so not enough people coming in, so he decided for once to open in the summer. So some people started to come down there, and they came back to town, to Paris eventually, with a suntan, which was a shock to everybody, because before that, the suntan was for the workers, for the people in the fields. Right. The aristocrats, the wealthy people, are white. They would have umbrellas to help Absolutely. them from the sun. Yes. Yeah. You don't get in the sun. The sun is a sign of, of uh, Being peasant, farmers, yeah. and, and, and working class. So they came back with the, with the suntan. We did a big scandal. Coco Chanel was one of the first ones. And little by little, that turned the thing around that now the holidays are in summer and not in winter. And we, we're not very logical in that, you know. In the in the summer, we're looking for the scorching hot places, and in the winter, we go to the coldest <laughs> place we can find. That's true, isn't it? There's a lot of migration to the Alps in the winter and down to the beach. In fact, if you hit the, the auto route, right, that's the word for the autobahn, the freeway in France, auto route, if you hit that on the wrong day, you can be in a big traffic jam. Huge Ooh. tip on that. If you travel in summer, don't travel on Saturdays. Really? Because Saturday is the day the people are renting houses from. So that's the turnover day because house, turnover day. houses are rented from Saturday to Saturday. Absolutely. So that's the day to avoid that's the That's a road. huge thing. You don't travel I on Saturdays. Very good tip. Now, back in the 20s when this all started out, is that when like Saint-Tropez became famous? Uh, today, well, what is the Saint-Tropez scene? Because it seems like there's sort of a well-worn kind of old school resort and then there are newer places to go. But Saint-Tropez is historically, it's not historic, not that mm-hmm. long, but, uh, but as mm-hmm. we can say, uh, the rich and famous place. It's really the place where Brigitte Bardot used to live and people uh, with, uh, with fame and money uh, used to come down. It's been worn out. It's not as important as it used to be. Even though Brigitte Bardot made the Saint-Tropez scene Well, she's not a sight you want to see anymore nowadays. <laughs> I think in Saint-Tropez, instead of seeing famous people, you're going to see tourists looking for famous for famous people. people. <laughs> yes. And tourists paying yes, famous people prices for things. <laughs> this is Travel with Rick Steves. As we do every week for an hour, we're exploring a different corner of the world with great guides. Today we're joined by two French guides, Virginie Moret and Patrick Vidal. Virginie, if you had one week, apart from Saint-Tropez, and you were going to spend it on the Riviera, where would you go as a sightseer more than just somebody who's going to lay on the beach? So I would I would base myself still in Nice because even though uh, you have the seaside and it's a big city, it's a lovely city and you can use the public transportation to explore the coast more in detail. All these little beautiful towns along the river, to me it's like a charm bracelet. Every couple of miles you got a new delightful stop and the trains connect them all effortlessly and there's even a bus, isn't there? For just a couple dollars you get a single bus ticket so we're talking about making Nice your headquarters, and then where, where would you go? I would explore in uh, little villages. I mean, places are touristy, so again, avoid the big season, the summer. But the village of Ez, even though there are lots of uh, tourists, so it's spelled E-Z-E, and you have the village, which is on top of a cliff. And if you go up, up, up to the top, you have less people. You're looking right down at Monte Carlo, Monaco. 
Where are you? But yeah, you're very, very close. And very, close, very close. But back. you have an amazing view uh, on the sea also. And uh, at the top, they have the Jardin with lots of cacti, mm. hundreds of different cacti there. And it's just, you know, not many people make it to the top. So okay. at least that's a way to get out of the crowds. Or then you can walk down also to the, the sea from the cliffs, the top of the village that's a to the sea. That's mm-hmm. And then what other highlights would you have, Patrick, along the river? Stay, staying on this side, on the eastern part of uh, Nice, uh, I love the little village of Villefranche-sur-Mer because we are very close to Nice. We can do almost the same thing that if we were staying in Nice, but you've got a village atmosphere and you've got sandy beaches as well. This so. is very important. Nice has the stony pebble beaches, which are, are nice. It's like a hot rock massage, maybe. Yeah, you can absolutely. Say. But just a 20-minute bus ride away almost, or even yes, a bicycle yeah, ride away. Yeah, yeah, you've got uh, villefranche what is it called? The Villefranche-sur-Mer. So the Villefranche on the upon, sea. Upon the sea, yeah. Now, yeah. I just came in on a cruise ship, and cruise ships have one of three ports on the Riviera. You can, they can stop in Monte Carlo, they can stop in Nice, or they can anchor outside of Villefranche-sur-Mer. And we tendered in to Villefranche from our cruise ship, and then I walked five minutes to the train, hop on the train, and in a few minutes I'm in wherever, Antibes, Nice, Monte Carlo. It's a beautiful arrangement. Yeah, and that's, that's a big, big uh, importance to the town itself because there's a lot of people coming through the town. There's a little market down there. It's the only place in France where you don't have a, a day for the market. The market is there when the boat is in the uh, harbor. Okay, so that would make a, a, a huge boost to the business. Voilà. Now, when I'm in Nice and Villefranche and these areas, there's an Italian flavor. Uh, Virginie, why is that? Well, it used to be part of Italy until the 1860. Mm-hmm. So you will have an uh, Italian uh, aspect for the food and also the architecture. When you look mm-hmm. at the houses, the colors mm-hmm. are, you know, you'll see lots of pink and green. Mm. And you're going to see those uh, shutters for the window that we don't have in the rest of France. They are very different. They have a system of uh, ventilation that we don't really see. So when any. Italy was uniting the people in this part of France, the very southeastern tip of France next to Italy had a chance to vote to join the new country of Italy or to stick with France? And yes, it was, a, it was a bit of a fight. There was a lot of people who wanted to stay on the Italian side. But technically, it was making more sense to get this part of the Riviera on the French side because you didn't have to pass the mountain to get to the rest of France uh, when, uh, when it was difficult to get to Italy. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking about the French Riviera with Virginie Moret and Patrick Vidal. Virginie and Patrick, I'd like to finish just with your, your favorite little moment. I mean, there's so much we have just scratched the surface. Uh, my favorite moment, from a history point of view, might be going to the Trophy of the Alps. It's uh, this Roman... What is the word for this? It's the Roman... Uh, the Trophée des Alpes in La Turbie, the Roman Triumphal Arch. Yeah, yeah the yeah. Roman Triumphal... Up, up in the mountains above the Riviera, where the Roman emperor built a, a trophy, a big triumphal arch, to celebrate. He had subdued the barbarians, and that was the end of the war, and it was the beginning, I think, of the Pax Romana. Oh, it's, a, um, it's a huge thing. Okay, that's heavy history. Why don't you guys give me some heavy hedonism? How would you sum up your... Just, just one little vignette. What's a beautiful part of your... French Riviera experience, especially if you were a guy taking an American around. Patrick? I would think a little bit about food because it's a great thing around here. And uh, when you go to the Marché aux Fleurs on the Cours Saleya in, uh, in Nice, you got those stalls which are mm. so appetizing. A couple of the big specialties which are easy to eat around in Nice, you, can, you don't have to sit down. You can have just a little sandwich or, or something around. And the two main ones are what we call the pambagna, okay. which is a little round bowl of bread that you cut in two. And inside, you put a salade niçoise. And the salad niçoise is tuna, green beans, uh, tomatoes, olives. After that, it's going to be different things, olive oil on it, and different things according to who's doing it. But it's a very, very easy food uh, mm. on the go. And all over Europe, I, I like to have a salad niçoise. That means a salad from the culture from of Nice. Nice, absolutely. N-I-C-E. Yeah. And where better to have it than in Nice itself? What is the main square there, the Cours Salia? What is The Cours Salia, S-A-L-E-Y-A. And it's a marketplace. Virginie. 
I would walk through the Kursaleya, pick up some food, some soka, which is a chickpea uh, crepe that mm-hmm. they have over there, some olives, and then to digest all of this, I would walk up the chateau, which is the castle uh-huh. hill over there. There's no more castle. And then there's a waterfall. Try to find a spot when there is nobody. And you have an amazing view over La Baie des Anges, which is the name of the bay in Nice, the Bay of Angels, mm-hmm. and a view over the old town of Nice. Mm. So you have the sea, the Italian-style roofs, and then you get your food. After this discussion, I'm going to make a point to go to the French Riviera on my next trip to Europe. I promise you that. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We've been celebrating the wonders of the French Riviera, the south coast of France, with Virginie Moret and Patrick Vidal. Merci bien to both of you. Merci, Rick. Rick Steves has spent a third of his adult life in Europe researching and writing guidebooks. His classic Europe Through the Back Door teaches the skills of smart travel. At Rick Steves' online travel store, you'll also find guidebooks for France, Paris, Provence and the Riviera, and Rick's French phrasebook. To learn more about Rick's guidebooks for France and beyond, visit the travel store at ricksteves.com.